You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. What's going on, guys? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints Podcast. It's your host, Chris Rosvogel, and let's be real. The Saints season did not end the way we wanted it to. It didn't end the way we envisioned and definitely wasn't the way we thought Drew Brees' career would end with him throwing three interceptions, basically looking like a guy who is ready for retirement, a guy who doesn't have zip on his football, a guy who just can't push the ball downfield, and you feel like just getting the five-yard, the six-yard gain is a struggle at times because that's how it looked last night, and that's the reality of it. And I'll dive into that for a little bit, not too much. I'll talk about the game, what went right, what went wrong. My takeaways yet again from a fourth straight year of a heartbreaking loss in the playoffs. So this one, honestly, guys, did not hurt the way the other ones hurt, in my opinion. The only thing that hurt is the fact that that's the last time you see Drew Brees walk on to the Mercedes-Benz Superdome field. And obviously, I'll get into that. I'll talk about his career, what it meant, and what's next for number nine. But let's just talk about the game in specifics first, and let's get into it. So for starters, you knew this game was going to be in a weird spot when the Saints immediately settle for two field goals. And that's important. A lot of people say, well, Chris, six points is six points. You take them any way you can get them. That is not the argument that we're making here. The argument we're making here, and a lot of us did it on Twitter, and a lot of us got pushback for no reason. I have no clue why people like to tweet that way. But six points as compared to 14 points literally changes the complexion of a game. And if you don't believe me, that's fine. But just understand when you're up 14 points, another team might press and abandon the run. Guess what? You're only up six points. That team is thinking to themselves, hey, a touchdown drive, and we've been the you know the lesser of the two teams, but a touchdown drive means we're up a point. It's simple math here, guys. That's why it matters. So Deontay Harris comes out, looks like an all-pro returner, which he is. And by the way, Deontay Harris was incredible in just the limited amount of time he was in there, and that's a guy who Bruce Arians stressed upon saying he scares me. And guess what? If Deontay Harris was in there, Longer in the game, he probably would have broke another big run or two. He's that dangerous. So not having him hurt the Saints, obviously. But that's not why they lost. It, it, it's a re- Not having him is a reason. You, you know, a punt return touchdown getting called back is a reason because then it would have been 10-0. Saints would have been in prime position to make the Bucks abandon the run. But there are multiple reasons, and none bigger than the Jared Cook fumble. And a lot of people said, well, Chris, you know, if – you want to blame Jared Cook, let's blame Drew Brees. Okay, yeah, I'll blame Drew Brees. I'll get to the Drew Brees criticism because it's it he deserves it. But Jared Cook's fumble literally changed the entire game. And everyone is on him, so I'm not going to say no one's being critical of him, but I don't think people are being critical enough of Jared. It is what it is, Cook. And, and you want to know why I say it is what it is. Later in the second half of the season, he was asked about the Saints offense not living up to their standards, and he was like, well, this isn't the season I envisioned, but I could say the same thing for other people. It is what it is. And when he said that, I immediately was like, wait, what the fuck is this guy saying? Because it seems like he's not in it. And a lot of people like Jared Cook. I get it. He's an athletic tight end. He makes some big catches from time to time. But the reason Jared Cook's a journeyman, and that's why he's played for the Rams, the Titans, the Packers, the Saints, the Raiders, and now he's going to play for another team because I'll tell you he will not be back. It's shit like this. It is literally shit like this that Jared Cook pulls that gets him on another team. Because guess what, guys? He fumbled against the Buccaneers in Week 9. So the Buccaneers know he has that type of issue. Every week, we watch him hold the football like a loaf of bread, and you kind of assume the worst, that Jared Cook will eventually fumble. So when the Saints are up 7, and the Saints are driving into Tampa Bay territory with an 83.7% chance to win, according to ESPN's probability rate. 83.7. 
You drive down the field, you could either go up 10, you could go up 14, and guess what? The Saints were going to take a couple more minutes off the clock. There's a, there's a, a scenario here where the Saints could have had a touchdown drive up 14 in the fourth quarter because they would have ran so much time off the clock, which is what they are planning to do with that drive. They were planning to replicate the Bears game, and they had that script ready to go. And Jared Cook fumbles. And right off there, the game changes. The Saints never regain momentum. It's all Buccaneers throughout, and you lose the game. And he's sitting on the bench crying. And honestly, I don't even feel bad. I don't feel bad because Jared Cook has put in a half-assed effort this whole entire season, and you get what you put out. You always get what you put out. His fumble cost the team. His fumble literally killed any momentum they had. And once they fumbled... Everyone wants to blame the defense. The defense gave up 21 points off turnovers. If you turn over the football four times, which you had the Cook fumble, then three picks from Braves, which were atrocious, that's what's going to happen. You lose the turnover battle. Some of your stars don't show up. You will lose a playoff game 10 times out of 10. There's no nine times out of 10. 10 times out of 10, you will lose that game. So Jared Cook's fumble annoyed the shit out of me. I cannot wait for him to play for another team. Give me Adam Troutman and go pick up another tight end. I do not want to see Jared Cook on the Saints ever again. It was a two-year experiment. It was worth taking a chance on him. The time's up. It is what it is. Go pack your bags and play for another fucking team because that's who Jared Cook is because he'll make a good catch one day and he'll cost you a football game the next day, and that's all he does. That's all he does, and I'm over him. I'm completely over him. He's reached Dan Arnold annoyance level for me. Now, I'm going to get into the Drew Brees picks, but I want to save that for last because obviously those are the biggest things to the game. But one thing I wanted to talk about, stars not showing up. And there's two in particular that I really want to single out, and I hate that I have to do this, but I'm going to do it. Michael Thomas, where the hell were you, bro? And I, l- let me preface by saying, Michael Thomas is not at 100%. So before anyone says, oh boy, we got to trade Michael Thomas, he didn't look good this season, not at 100%. They literally said when he had the ankle injury, he's not going to be a full strength at any point in the season. So why are we making up shit now that he's just not a good receiver? He's hurt, clearly. But if you're hurt, you need to find another way. I don't care. You need to find some type of way to impact the ball game because Kamara was out there against the Vikings last year, torn MCL and all, and he was impacting the game. Zero catches when a lot of them hit you in the hands? Can't happen, dude. Because now you got guys like Carlton Davis. First off, you get locked up by a guy named Carlton. we got a problem here. But And again, he's a good corner, but you get what I mean. There were too many opportunities for Mike to not have a single catch in this game. And Mike's a big-time player. We saw last week, five catches for 72 yards and a touchdown. Mike plays well in the playoffs. But games like this is why he gets a bad rep. Because he's played, I believe, in like six playoff games. And he's balled out in four of them. But he got two really, really bad games. And those two really bad games are going to stand out. And this one in particular, I thought Michael Thomas would go off against this team. I thought he would give them an outstanding chance to move the chains. But he didn't do anything. He just didn't do anything. And for people saying, well, you know, Emmanuel Sanders hasn't lived up to the hype. Let me be honest with you guys. Emmanuel Sanders is open like nine times out of ten. It's whether or not he gets the ball thrown to him. But he did his job. He just doesn't get the ball thrown to him enough. But Michael Thomas, no catches. I never thought I'd see that. It was the first time in his Saints career that happened. Horrible time for it to happen. But he's not the only star who didn't show up. Someone who didn't show up, and this one was predictable, and I'm going to be harder on him than I am with Mike because Mike, Mike's injured, dude. Like, he, he didn't play well, but Mike's injured. So at the end of the day, you cut some slack. But Cam Jordan is washed up. No one talks about it enough. I'll be the one to sacrifice and talk about it. 
Cam Jordan every year yaps and yaps and yaps and yaps and yaps and talks shit and says this and that. And he never fucking shows up when it matters. He never shows up when it matters. He, he made fun of Kirk Cousins last year, didn't show up. What happened? Saints lose. Didn't say anything about Brady. He was respectful this week, but that doesn't matter. You got to do something. Instead, you're getting locked up by a rookie right tackle who, outstanding rookie right tackle, by the way. I, I should add, the Bucs had a, a great draft class with Werfs, with Winfield. It's been great for them. But you're Cam Jordan. Make a play. Make a play. He did nothing. The only time I heard his name was when he got held on a running play for Ronald Jones that came back, and I think the Bucs got the first down next play anyway. So it didn't matter. He is not a big-time player. You know what Cam Jordan is? Cam Jordan's a front-runner. When the Saints play well in the regular season, he could go out there and get his sacks and say he played well, that's when you see him play. But when the playoffs come, he never shows up. Because I'm going to ask you guys, seriously, and I think Cam Jordan's a great dude. So don't take this as a personal thing. This is strictly football here. What is your biggest or most fond memory of Cam Jordan in the playoffs? And I'm going to wait all fucking day until you have an answer. Because you don't have an answer. Just like I don't have an answer. Because he doesn't step up in the playoffs. He shrinks every single time. Malcolm Jenkins was making big plays. Marshall Lattimore held Mike Evans to three fucking receiving yards. Three. And I know people are going to say, well, the one catch was a touchdown. Three receiving yards. You could not ask for a better performance from, from Lattimore. The only thing you'd ask for is him to keep him scoreless on the box score. But three receiving yards? That's a good performance. Lattimore stepped up. Malcolm Jenkins stepped up. Marcus Williams looked excellent. And, and now you're like, oh, can we keep him? I'll talk about that another day. Today's not the day. Those three stepped up. Heck, Janoris Jenkins had a couple of nice plays. I know he got routed by Scotty Miller, but he had a couple of nice plays. Gardner Johnson, a couple of nice plays. Demario Davis, a couple of nice plays. Cam Jordan, what the hell, man? Every year it's the same shit with this dude. Doesn't step up. Next year will be the same thing. The Saints can play well. He'll, he'll talk his ass off, and they'll get bounced in the first or second round, and you're going to be like looking at the box score, and you're going to see Cam Jordan's just not there. Can't happen, dude. It cannot happen. So... What else infuriated me from this game? A guy who I criticize every single time, and I'm going to do it again. The Saints invested a lot of draft picks, and a draft capital, I should say, not picks because it was only two picks, but draft capital to get Marcus Davenport. They are not even going to pick up his fifth-year option. That, that, that's, his, that's where this is heading. If they pick up his fifth-year option, I think that'd be a massive mistake. He's terrible. He literally is terrible. Marcus Davenport goes in with no plan. He just rushes the passer, and it doesn't work. It just doesn't fucking work. He just throws his body around. That's it. So the Davenport experiment has failed, and that's a problem, an absolute problem. Now, what I will say about the Saints defense that looks to be a strong suit for the next few, few years, especially if they can keep Marcus Williams in the secondary. I think that secondary is so talented because the funny thing is the Saints lost yesterday. Brady did not look good. He did not look good at all. He had about four near interceptions. He knew he wasn't playing well. It's just the Saints' offense was so bad that the Bucs were the better of the two teams overall, if you guys get what I'm saying, because the Bucs' offense couldn't move the ball. Brady had like four completions in the first half. It's just when you turn over the football four times, you are going to lose. I don't care how bad the other team's playing. And that's what it looked like with this game, because Brady didn't shine because this secondary is just outstanding. The problem is the front four, which you knew needed to step up no, you don't hear anything from Hendrickson. You don't hear anything from Davenport. You don't hear anything from Cam Jordan. And the Hendrickson thing is interesting because it's almost like you want to pay him, but is he a one-year wonder? You don't want to lose him, but is he worth the money? So 
it's such a hard balance that this team's going to have to figure out. And that's why this offseason is going to be so interesting. I don't want to see, I'm not going to use the word scary or concerning. It's interesting because you don't know where, for the first time in a while, probably since 06, the Saints don't have necessarily a direction that you know where they're heading. So trying to figure that part out is going to be interesting. And I'll obviously be here throughout every step of the way to talk about it with you guys. But again, later day for that. But just getting through what has happened in this Saints game because I'm, I'm, I'm not even like mad about the result. It's more so disappointed because this Saints team, they're good. They're super talented. I honestly didn't even think any other team had a better roster than them this year. But once again, look where you end up. And another thing too, which I know you guys agree with, when you invest in the interior of offensive line, they better step up. The interior of this offensive line is bad. It is really, really bad. McCoy's good. Pete and Ruiz are just, I don't know what the opposite of a, a dynamic duo is, but good Lord, they're, they're just really, really bad. Don't know. Ruiz, I'm going to give one more year. Let's see with a full offseason, with preseason. I think this kid could turn it around. So if he does, huge, huge bonus for the Saints if he can do that. But we need to see. Next year is important for Ruiz. As for Pete, Pete's going to stay Pete. He didn't have a horrible game, just didn't have a good game. But how many times do I need to say that before we realize that's just the trend? So, that's something, obviously, I want to dissect. Now, Drew Brees, he was bad. He was terrible. They're all true. And yet, what I want to say to, this is to basically everyone on Twitter here, we need to find a better way to channel talking about that game. Because Brees was terrible, 19-34, to 34, 134 yards, one touchdown, three picks, terrible. Like, legit bad. James Winston was the better quarterback going through one pass. So, I mean, that just says it. But at some point, people need to know when not to cross lines. And I saw way too many people crossing lines yesterday. I mean, I saw people come for his family. I saw people come for his kids. Man, it's football, and that's it. That's all it is at the end of the day. And I love it. I probably love it more than most of the people listening. And I get we're passionate. We want to see this team succeed probably just as much as the players want to succeed at times. And you develop a really important bond with this franchise. and a loss hurts, the wins feel good, but you need to know when to not cross that line, and too many people crossed that line yesterday, and and the other thing is balancing it, and I thought my tweets kind of like echoed that thought, you need to be able to, to find where the line is and tiptoe among being grateful while also being critical, but not crossing the line. It is okay to say Drew Brees was awful. It was okay to say Drew Brees let his team down yesterday. It was okay to say Drew Brees was the weak link yesterday because all three of those are true. But on the flip side, be able to appreciate what the last 15 years have meant for this team, appreciate what he has done for this city, appreciate what he's done for the franchise, because we remember the struggle of 2014, 2015, 2016, when this team's only winning seven games every season, yet there was one man who busted his ass every single game to play well, to keep them in contention, to keep them on the you know in the game, and that was Drew Brees. Throwing 5,000 yards, throwing for 35-plus touchdowns every year, year in, year out. You know the team's not good. You, you still come to play. You still come to work. It, you know, it's finding that balance, guys. Because I, I, you need to be critical because it would be unfair to not blame him for a lot of the reason why they lost yesterday. Three picks, couldn't push the ball downfield. His arm just looked shot yesterday. He looked like a dude who was ready for retirement. That's what it was. But on the flip side, just be able to appreciate, because we don't know when this is ever going to happen again. We don't know when the Saints are going to get a franchise quarterback again. Maybe it's Jameis, he turns it around. Maybe they draft a quarterback. Maybe they trade for a Stafford, who knows. 
But you just, there's so much uncertainty in that department. There are some teams who have never had a franchise quarterback yet. That's, that's the way I look at it. That's why I try to be grateful while also being critical. Because you'd be critical about this one game, but you'd be grateful about the 15-year run because there are teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars who still don't even have a franchise quarterback yet. It's that hard. The Texans have one, and he might not even be on their team next year. It is so hard to have one and then make sure that you can sustain a level of greatness slash contention over a certain amount of years, and that's what this team had. And you're going to look back at it, and it's only one Super Bowl, and it's going to be disappointing, and you're going to say, why wasn't there more? And I get that. And then you know what it always brings us back to? It always brings us back to 2018. Because I tweeted about this this morning, and I, and I believe it. 2018 will forever haunt us fans, will forever haunt the team, because when you look back at the four-year stretch, 2018 was their year. And you can't convince me otherwise. And I don't even know if it was the best Sean Payton, Drew Brees roster. 2011 was dangerous. 2009, we know what they had. This year, we know what they had. But the rest of the league was vulnerable. And they had the Rams game locked up. Didn't go their way. I get that. And then if they beat the Rams, they would have played a Patriots team that scored 13 points in the Super Bowl. Like, that was your chance. So then after that, because I was convinced they were going to win, and I was convinced Drew Brees was going to retire, he spent the last two years chasing a ring that just was never meant to be. It just it wasn't meant to be. And, and I commend him for even being able to play at a certain level. This year was different. This year you could tell the, the wheels were slowly coming off. But last year in 2019, he still had his moments where he was good. 2020 had some moments, but not a lot. And this was it. And he doesn't even get the proper send-off, which is just typical Saints, because you have 3,000 fans in the building. You didn't play well. You lose in the playoffs. It, it's probably as bad as it can go for a send-off. But, I mean, this was the story of this guy's career. It's obstacle after obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. And it stinks, but that's this is the way it closes. And you can't always get the ending that you want in life. And I think that's an important life lesson for people outside of football. Things are not always going to go the way you want them to go. And I'm sure there's a, there's a alternate universe where he's got that second ring and we're all happy. And we're not stressed out about this team not getting over the hump. We don't live in that alternate universe, though. This is what it is. It's a heartbreaking ending. It's a heartbreaking finish. But the book's closed now. And we'll look back on it. And, and I know people are sour right now, but in a couple of months from now, you'll look back at it and you'll you'll be happy and you'll be content with what happened with this team. Because, there again, there's teams that are still searching for that one moment that this team was able to have. And even the other... I had people tweet at me yesterday, I'd rather be a Jets fan than go through this. Trust me, you would you would not rather be a Jets fan. They're, they're, these playoff runs and how how long or how short they may be every year with this team, I'll take that over not making the playoffs any day of the week because there is that little bonus, that little added excitement, that rush that you get in the playoffs. You, you, you're not going to get that being a Jets fan. You're not going to get that being a Jaguars fan. Trust me, there, there's some people saying some crazy shit just because they're upset right now, and I get it, but you need to find the balance, and that is important. But again... Another heartbreaking year, another heartbreaking finish. I'm not going to drag this thing out, this podcast, because me analyzing a game that we don't want to relive is not going to help anyone. Me sitting here harping about three interceptions for 25 minutes is not going to help anyone. And me harping over Jared Cook's lazy-ass fumbling is not going to help anyone either. So I feel like I'm going to cut it short. I'll be on Sports Overtime Tuesday night. So Wednesday morning, I'll come out for you guys. Me and Nader will break down the game, break down the future of the Saints team. That will be a long extended one. That will be an hour. I'll have more time to think about my thoughts and what I want to get out. But, again, 15-year run, had its ups, most definitely had its downs, but it's over now. 
So you can look at it in two ways. You can be sour about it and be bitter, and, and that's fine. You could choose to do that, or you can just be grateful it even happened and choose that route. I'm going to choose the latter. Doesn't mean I'm okay with losing because people think it's like, oh, well, then you're accepting losing culture. First off, it's not a losing culture. They've won 49 games over the last four years. They're just not getting the Super Bowl, which is brutal. I get that. But it goes back to what I said before the playoffs started. One game elimination, the best team does not always win. But one game elimination just sharpens and heightens everything. You cannot go into a game with a slow start offensively. You cannot go into a game with a lot of takeaways. You'll lose. It's one game elimination. This isn't a seven-game series. So they learned a lot. Who knows what 2021 season will bring. We'll obviously have the next couple of months to sort out what this roster will even look like, and I'll be talking about it with you guys every week. But, again, heartbreaking ending, heartbreaking finish. But we are grateful. We're thankful that Drew Brees was even on this team for as long as he was, 15 years, hell of a ride, a lot of ups, a lot of downs, heartbreak, Super Bowl win. You take the good with the bad. It happened, and it's not what we envisioned. But that will do it. So thank you guys for listening to this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. Remember, uh, Sports Overtime is on Tuesday night, so it'll release Wednesday morning. We're going to talk about everything, so stay tuned for that. And try and enjoy whatever this week brings. Probably stay away from talk shows because that's just not going to do you any well. But anyway, guys, that's going to do it. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Stay tuned for more content. And again, we'll be riding with the Saints until the wheels fall off yet again, probably sometime next season, but we'll find out whenever that happens.